Welcome in everybody to the Varsity Breakdown Podcast, episode 14, the spring season wrap-up. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara, and with me as always is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we know it's been a while. Uh, we both have had uh, very busy schedules uh, the past week and a half, but we're finally able to sit down on this beautiful Sunday morning and get into the final weeks of the baseball and softball season. So how's it been going, brother? Uh, it's been great. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's there. everybody else that's listening is pretty happy to hear that we're together and I'm not on the phone. So yeah, like you said, it's been pretty busy. You know, uh, a lot of Things have happened in between the last time we were on. But um, starting off with baseball, let's dive into the Florence Gophers. The last game that we had covered for them, they had dropped a tough one to ALA. Um, and then they ended up coming back and beating the crap out of Globe 10-0. to zero. Um, Shortly after that, they ended up losing to Santan Foothills 8-4. to four, Then coming back on the 21st, beating Globe 17-7. to seven. Something about Globe where they can just knock them out by 10 points. I don't, I don't know what it is, but. I don't think Globe's been very good this year. Uh, but, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do against the teams you're supposed to beat. Okay, well, we'll talk about Globe a little bit more in detail later. Okay. Um, uh, on Friday the 22nd, they took out Coolidge 7-2 to um, at home, actually. So I'm pretty sure that that was uh, you know a pretty good feeling for them. But they wrap up the season with two losses to Thatcher. The first one coming on Monday, the 25th, 12 to 8. And then on Wednesday, the 27th, 2 to 12. That, that, those, those are really tough games. Yeah, and Florence uh, ends up finishing uh, 15 and 12 on the season. Uh, coming into the last couple of weeks, I really thought uh, Florence had a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, the last I had saw, they were ranked 20th. I believe uh, in 3A and so, you know, top 24 make it. And so I thought they had a really good chance to uh, sneak in there. But unfortunately, I'm sure those last couple of losses hurt their uh, chances of making it in. But they, they had a pretty, you know, uh, consistent season, uh, fish, finishing three games above 500. And just unfortunate that they weren't able to get that opportunity, opportunity to see what they could do in the playoffs. And we... Uh, as we both know uh, in uh, some of the games we'll talk about later, it doesn't matter what your rank. You just got to go out there and play the game. And, uh, you know, I think if Florence had a chance, you know, they'd put up a real good fight. Uh, but uh, let, let's go into uh, some of their standouts for the year um, that uh, we wanted to acknowledge. All right. Starting off with their sluggers, let's start with Tommy Carberry. The senior was an Ironman, played all 27 games this season and averaged 408. He had 71 at-bats and then also had 26 runs. So it was pretty consistent for Mr. Carberry. And, you know, we shot him out consistently here. And it seems like, you know, that was one name that, you know, it's been constant ever since football season. Um, Absolutely. Next, we would talk about the junior, Aiden Lopez. He had a slider, slightly higher batting average with 432, but only played four games less than Tommy. Um, so I feel like Aiden is somebody that we'll definitely get to know here in the future, you know, calling him around in baseball season at least. And last but not least, I want to give another shout out to Cade Stenson, the the other senior on the team. Uh, number 12, played all 27 games as well and did the most while he was at bat. He brought in our favorite number, 21 runs on the season so far. And I feel that those three were probably the constants in their uh, stat book that were coming up, you know, coming up big for them every game. Right on, you know, and going into the pitchers, I have a couple of similar names uh, that uh, 
we just talked about uh, one being Aiden Lopez, who uh, finished the season three and zero with a zero point zero zero ERA in sixteen point one innings of work. He also had uh, twenty eight strikeouts and only gave up four hits, so a heck of a season for him. Uh, and uh, uh, the senior Tommy Carberry, uh, he went uh, one and one on seven appearances with a one point two zero ERA, and he had eighteen strikeouts. And only two earned runs. And uh, my last uh, pitcher is going to be the sophomores. We'll get to see how uh, this kid uh, molds for the next few years in uh, sophomore uh, Noah Madueno. This player went 3-1 and one in 11 appearances and had an ERA of 2.15. And he was uh, second on his team with 47 strikeouts and gave up only nine earned runs. So, you know, that's if you average that out, that's uh, he's given up you know, less than one run uh, per game. So, you you know, it's a heck of a season for these guys. And, and the amount of talent you see with uh, what they got coming back, I, I'm sure they're going to be, uh, you know, pre- pretty uh, well off uh, going into next year. Yeah, and Noah actually almost outperformed senior Victor Aguirre in strikeouts. Um, Victor had 48 and Noah was right behind him with 47. Um, the only thing that I feel like was probably your deciding factor in this uh, pitching standout was Noah only walked 11 batters and Victor unfortunately walked 45. So I could see, you know, why, you know, you would place Noah a little bit higher than Victor, but shout out to Victor for being another senior on that team and you know and and just helping that team just have an amazing season. If you're anything over 500, you had an amazing season. So good job, guys. All right. Let's talk about our next team, the Sequoia Pathway Panthers. They wrapped the season up with a winless season. Uh they went 0 and 12. They dropped their last few games to Santan Charter, two in a row, 45-5. to The next one, 18-5. to And then they played the Heritage Academy and lost 17-0. Not really what you would want as a player, but it was was a tough season for them. We're not going to really sugarcoat it. They they definitely could have played a, a lot better, but, you know, we don't know what that region is like, you know, competitively. Um, we didn't, and that, and that's another thing I was really, uh, down on myself that I didn't get to see a whole lot of games. Um, especially in particular, we'll get into it later, but Sequoia, I I didn't get to see what their baseball facility was like. Um, luckily I was out there with Amari Turner to uh, shoot a video for him and get to see what their turf was like. And, um, yeah, I, um, I hope that Sequoia, you know, can build on this and the next season they can actually find us uh a way to seal a win and be uh not just seen as an easy win in their you know on the schedule of their opponents but maybe be an underdog soon yeah it definitely has to be a tough season um you know but they're only losing uh three seniors uh this year uh being michael easley maurice orozco and william morris so they have a lot coming back. You know, it's a fairly young team, it seems like. Uh, and I'm sure uh, coming around the next year, once we get things uh, situated, we'll be able to hit all six uh, teams uh, next year. You know, but it's going to it's a team that has a lot to work towards. You know, uh, they have uh, so much to improve on for next year. And, you know, I'm sure this uh, leave a sour taste into the players that are returning 
And so hopefully, you know, it makes them motivated to want to get better and, you know, want to uh, start something positive uh, for the baseball team for the years to come. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them and, you know, just wish them the best of luck next year. Definitely. And, and you said a couple of students that, you know, we know from football in Mo Orozco and Mike Easley. And shout out to them for, you know, sticking it out the whole season and just, you know, grinding it out in that purple and gold. Mike was actually the team leader in average. He batted at 3.33 and was pretty much the heart and soul. And right behind him was freshman Cooper Yazzie, who had a 2.50. Um, just keep building on it, guys. You will get better next year, and we anticipate a year from now that you will be ending your season much better than the 2022 season had finished. Most definitely. And uh, there wasn't uh, much uh, stats uh, regarding their pitching. Um, but, you know, it's uh, like you said, wish them the best of luck. But let's uh, continue on and move into the next team. All right, the next team that we will go over are the 6-12-1 Santa Cruz Valley Dust Devils. All right, the last time uh, we had visited Santa Cruz, we had talked about their loss at home against Miami. Uh, they ended up bouncing back in a major way against Santa Rita, molly whopping them 44-1, to but then keeping that same momentum just a couple of days later, ended up playing San Manuel and beat the Miners 14-7. to um, That momentum ended up coming to a halt whenever they played um, St. Augustine Catholic that Friday where they lost 12 to 10. Yeah. And then uh, they uh, had um, another away game against uh, San Miguel, which they dropped uh, seven to six. And uh, we're supposed to uh, play uh, Santa Rita again at the end of the season, but that game uh, was uh, forfeited by uh, Santa Rita giving uh, Santa Cruz their sixth win. But you know, uh, I mean, for a team that had a very rough start, at the beginning of the season and we didn't know which direction they were going to go. They definitely um, turned things around and, you know, may have not gotten the amount of wins that they wanted. But if you look at, uh, you know, all the way back to when they lost to Miami in March uh, on March 22nd, they uh, lost to them 18 to zero. Since that moment, they won four games and losing Besides the uh, second game against Miami, losing each game by three runs or less. So, you know, that's a team that, you know, was battling it out. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, some of those games uh, didn't go in their favor, but they fought uh, till the very end. And, you know, they went against a good Miami team and still put up runs. And not many teams could say that for how good of a team Miami is. But, you know, they fought all the way to the end. So I I definitely seen the turnaround and I hope that they could carry that momentum uh to the start of next season no doubt and next year they're primed to have a whole bunch of their students come back and be on their team again next year a couple of them that stand out to me would be armani lucio he had an average of 622 this season um roman bellock had an average of 500 and just above him was mason brown so you know they're uh, a good you know they're good on they're good at getting on base and they make the most of their plate appearances but what I would like them to see is uh, just to pull their talents collectively so that way we can we can talk about them more as a group instead of trying to highlight the individual players. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's going to take a team effort uh, to be able to turn uh, things around for next season. But, you know, we definitely want to acknowledge a lot of these players. Uh, as far as pitching con- uh, is concerned, uh, they definitely got to they gotta improve in that aspect. Uh, every pitcher they had had an ERA above 10 and, you know, and 
in today's game in uh, high school, we know you, you can't do that. You know, you got to be able to uh, keep things close and not let things get away, especially if you're struggling to hit the ball or, you know, to score runs. It's like pitching got to be solid in order for uh, things to uh, excel, you know, especially at that level. So I hope to see uh, them uh, be one of the teams that we can say uh, improve the most from year to year. Uh, coming into next year so they definitely uh, are a young team and they definitely uh, have a lot to get better at and I know that they're going to get that done so I'm really excited to see what they're they're going to bring next year so yeah you're not lying that the their pitching is definitely something they need to work at Um, once they get that down they will be a pretty you know comparable team in the 2a region whichever region they happen to be in because one thing that I've noticed with Santa Cruz is that they get moved around a lot. Um, they could be in the two A. Uh, what what were they in? in football wasn't it like Re, Relito or Rialto or Rialto. something like that? Yeah, the Rialto. And then Rialto. I think right now they're the two A South. So in every sport, they're kind of like you know and, fluctuating in in which region they're in. So it's kind of tough to keep up with them. But uh, again, uh, just like you know, previously what we mentioned before, you know, good job, and we look forward to seeing a lot of you next year. Um, now let's go into the next city that we cover, which is actually the city we're in at the moment, CHS. The last time we spoke about them, they had taken a big loss from Thatcher, sixteen to four. Um, on Tuesday the nineteenth, they played the ALA Ironwood Warriors, losing that game eleven to one. And then having to come back a couple of days later to play Benjamin Franklin at Benjamin Franklin and losing that game 12 to 3. Um, they came home or no, 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 excuse me. They played Florence uh, that Friday and ended up losing to Florence 7 to 2 like we previously mentioned. And then after losing to Benjamin Franklin, they ended up playing Florence and losing that game 7 to 2 in Florence. And, you know, that was just a, a really tough week for them to lose to a, a a big rival in Florence, something that, you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of anticipated, but, you know, I, I thought that the boys would put up a bigger fight since, you know, Florence had put uh, a really tough beating on them while they were at their home field, but they were able to squeeze out another run than they did previously. Um, their next week, they had their senior night against Globe on Monday, and I was actually able to attend that game. And uh, they lost that game nine to seven, but nonetheless, uh, it was a great day. Like it was a, a a competitive game. They were back and forth the whole time. Um, one thing that I did notice was uh, Globe. The reason I feel like they were kind of underperforming during the year was because they didn't have a lot of depth. A uh, majority of their team, when it was time for them to be on the field, that dugout was empty. All you saw was coaches, and I'm pretty sure that was that had a definite effect on how well they played because the majority of that team was either winded or you know they had a. a probably a small rotation of who was pitching and who was not and uh but i got to give it to them the the globe team has a lot of class um at the end of the game uh coach rico has uh, a member of his team who happens to be autistic and uh he was supposed to get his next at bat the game had finished and he didn't get to get his at bat uh coach rico ran to the other side talked to the umpire talked to the coaches on globe's team and they were able to keep everybody back out on the field and they let that player have a full at bat and more until he was able to to give uh, the third baseman, you know, something to, you know, to do. And he went and uh, picked up the ground ball. And one thing that I won't forget is that the way this 
third baseman hurled the ball over the first baseman's head and and the first baseman wasn't prepared for it at all but then he saw what he was doing the first baseman chased that ball down and everybody was like run 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 he runs to second first baseman chucks it to second base right over the second baseman's head keeps going keeps going keeps going all the way and gets an in the park home run it was one of those those moments that hits you right in the fields and i gotta thank coach rico for that the entire uh, Coolidge staff because that was a beautiful moment. And uh, even afterwards, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing those moments here soon. Um, I was able to take photos of them with their plaques and stuff. And shout out to Coach Kev because he he really hooked them up with their plaques. And um, yeah, overall, it was just a great day. And it was a, and, you know, you went home with a really good feeling. Yeah, I remember you, you know, when you spoke on it uh, uh, the night that it happened. And it's just like, those are the moments that, you know, you see the the uh, what type of coach or, you know, staff that you're dealing with. And for Coach Rico, you know, to give this player an opportunity to probably fulfill something he's dreamed about since he was a little kid. You know, it's just like that's what I love about sports. And that's what I love about, you know, these type of coaches is because it's the little things that you do that can go a long way for somebody, you know, to carry on for generations to come and something that they can always pass on to uh, their family, their kids. And, you know, it's just like um, those are the things I appreciate and that I love to hear about. So, you know, uh, tip my hat off to Coach Rico and his staff for putting that together and, you know, for globe uh to help uh out with that and i know it wasn't the season that they were hoping for you know but definitely improved from day one up to the end of the season i mean just the chatter in the dugout on the field you you could hear it you could feel it you know it may not have been the season that they wanted but they definitely have a lot to look forward to next year if they keep that same momentum and that same energy like you said about globe like you know a team that's very uh low on players uh came out and did something they probably hadn't done much all year, you know, and uh, be- beating a team that just beat them 17-0 to zero on Coolidge's uh, senior night. So it's just like, you know, uh, I hope Coolidge knows that they can beat anybody. You still got to go out there and play the game. Uh, one thing I would want to see uh, with uh, Coolidge is um, become a little bit more aware, build up your awareness about the game. You know, know, know the ins and outs, uh, where to go with the ball, what to do, be a little bit more, like I said, uh, on the previous episode, be a little bit more aware uh, in the batter's box. Take a picture too and learn the simple things of this game because they go a long way. And, you know, definitely pay attention to what your coach is teaching you because I played with Coach Rico. So everything I, that he knows, I know or that we both have been taught. And it's just those little things that, you know, may seem boring or not something you want to do, but they come a long way. And I think uh, if uh, the players on Coolidge can build their awareness, they're going to uh, be something to uh, be reckoned with next year because they got a lot of uh, good talent out there. Build your fundamentals. Once you get your fundamentals down, then everything else will come easy to you. Because without those fundamentals, you're always going to be behind the curve. You, you're not, you're you're going to be scared when you see a curveball. Trust me, I was that person. I was ducking whenever I seen the curveball. And I was like, whoa, he did that. And I remember turning around to the dugout and Greg looking at me like, Jesus, kid. Yeah, speaking of Greg, uh, like I remember one time I was trying to be all flashy or whatever. And he pulled me out. I think he was turned uh, into a cherry. He was so mad at me. And he was like, man, 
be classy, not not flashy. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I was probably like, yeah, whatever at the time. But no, it's uh, those things, though, like, you know, that your coach is telling you just like, hey, just do the simple things, man, and get it done. But, you know, I know you wanted to uh, highlight some uh, some of the players, man. They uh, had some good stats in there, even though uh, the wins didn't go their way. They, they still uh, put up uh, some good numbers. Yeah, as far as batting, let's name their top three batters as far as batting average is concerned. Connor Ferguson, the senior, was batting 393. Uh, up next is Troy Davis. He was batting 360 as an average. And then wrapping up their top three would be Cash Sheet. He ended up batting at 354. Um, it was an overall great attempt by the team when I saw their last attempt when they were playing Globe. I know that their final two games, which was a doubleheader against Santan Foothills, did not go in their favor. But I think that next year is going to be better. Like, especially the boys that are listening to this now, they're going to be like, yeah, you know, I hear what they're saying. I know what I can work on. I'm going to do that during the summer. I'm going to do that in my free time. So that way, come next year when the season comes around, I can actually be that leader that I could I saw last year or I wanted to be last year that I couldn't be. And and there's a lot of players like my boy Patrick. Patrick, I look forward to covering your next three years of, of high school baseball and any other sports you cover, bro. Like You have that mentality where I can see that you are not only an excellent athlete, but you are a good student. So I look forward to seeing what you become, brother. Um, on top of that, they, they had some pretty decent base running. Um, in the 19 games played, uh, Connor Ferguson had 12 stolen bases and right behind him I mean with seven less was Cash and I think Cash and Troy they uh, they have a lot not necessarily a lot to work on but they have a lot to take on next year as seniors becoming leaders of this team yeah and the um the good part about what you were mentioning about batting averages and hits um in each of their top fives for uh, average and hits there's only uh one senior in the top five and in RBIs as well. And so uh, that, that person being uh, Connor, uh, you know, which is going to be a, a big piece to replace. But everybody else is a junior or below. Those guys in those top fives, you guys got a lot of weight to put on your shoulders and take control of the team. Because I think if you can have more than one leader on the team, you're going to be success, successful. If you hold each other accountable, you're going to be successful. But, you know, it takes a team effort. And, you know, like, like you've said since day one, get to know each other. You might be surprised at how much you know about uh, how much similarities you guys have if you just talk a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I think it's a team, like you said, uh, got two junior studs uh, that'll be seniors next year that it's, it, this is your team now. Where, where do you want it to go? How far do you want to uh, take your guys? Uh, do you want to be a two-win team again, or do you want to improve on that? And I, I think uh, after speaking with them, uh, both of us, that, you know, they it's probably stuff that their coaches told them over and over again. So just uh, keep improving, Bears, and I uh, – I look forward to seeing uh, who's going to be the leader on that team next year. And I think I'm already figuring it out, but, you know, uh, it could hopefully be more than one person. Yeah, and, and that's very possible. There's, yeah, there's, there is enough room on that team where multiple of those student athletes could be leaders. Um, you can either be a leader for your position. You can be a leader for your class. You, can, uh, you, you have so much potential on that team, especially upcoming for the future, that uh, – they won't be a two-win team next season, I guarantee you. Um, let's move into our playoff teams. Um, right now, let's talk, well, both of them being in the city of Casa Grande, let's talk about the Casa Grande Cougars. They had a great season, finishing overall 12-10. and 10. When we last left off, 
they had lost to Flowing Wells, um, five to four in eight extra innings. Uh, after that, they ended up bouncing back, beating Ironwood Ridge eight to three, and then taking a tough loss from a team in Nogales that was just we knew that was going to be yeah. a tough one coming in nine to two. When they ended up uh, coming back that next week playing against Miranda, they lost that one in ten extra innings, two to one, and then on Wednesday the twentieth. They played Choya in Tucson and won fifteen to zero. Big win for him. Big win, and they, they it must be something about Tucson that these boys in CG like because when they ended up playing Mountain View that very next day at home, they beat them three to two. Yeah, that was a game I uh, attended actually, and uh, there was uh, two two big wins those last uh, couple of games. Uh, you know that game against Mountain View, um, they were winning, uh, I believe, three to. Three to zero going into the final inning and uh, last inning, uh, Mountain View put up a, a pretty good fight and uh, kept things interesting. Uh, got uh, and got two runs off of uh, Marcus Baca. Uh, you know, in that inning, he came in to uh, close the game, and then uh, the coach uh, pulled him and they brought in another pitcher and uh, he he uh, locked it up for uh, Casa Grande. And I think uh, that win played a big part into why uh, they made the playoffs. They came in as the number 20th seed and uh, went up against number 13, uh, Catalina Foothills, whom that, that, that's a region opponent. Uh, so, uh, but they ended up uh, falling to them 9-1. Uh, to one. So uh, that wrapped up their season. But, I mean, from the start of the season, we, didn't, uh, we thought it was a team that could definitely improve. Uh, definitely did improve, especially after that Vista game that you love to mention so much about me. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, you get bragging rights for uh, this year. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a team that, man, their pitching staff is solid, you know, and uh, they, they played a lot of close games uh, this year and, uh, you know, uh, definitely surprised me uh, and snuck into the playoffs. And, and that's the type of uh, the type of seasons you can have, you know, especially if you have a rough start and, uh, they did uh, what I, I didn't think they could do at the beginning of the season. So, you know, hats off to them. And it, it was a heck of a run. I'm sure it ended way earlier than they wanted to. But, you know, they definitely have a lot to look forward to next year. hundred percent. Like when you mentioned that they had Catalina Foothills in their region, they did play them twice prior. Um, earlier, they played them this month and lost six to zero. And then just that very next day, hosted them in Casa Grande and ended up beating them seven to six. So... I feel like it was definitely uh, a game where the environment played a factor because they it was technically an away game, and I'm not sure if it was in Catalina Foothills. Yeah, I believe it was. It was? Mm-hmm. So that's exactly why I feel that they were at a disadvantage. Um, Catalina Foothills seems to be extremely well at home. Overall, they finished their season 18-12. and 12. I'm Not sure where they're at in the, uh, in the season or if they're still going. But as far as Casa Grande goes, you know, we give them a lot of props. They they did their thing this season and holding down the city for baseball. Um, they made it all the way to the playoffs. Unfortunately, like you said, it didn't it didn't end the way that they probably expected. But there's a lot of uh, of shining potential on that team that we look forward to covering for the years to come. You know, uh, some of the players that they have returning, uh, one of the standouts uh, that. Uh, we've talked about before is uh Cole Carmichael batted 433 this year with 29 hits, 15 RBIs, eight doubles, four triples, 
and two home runs on the season. You know, that that's a kid that I know is going to come out his senior year and ball out. Um, you also have uh, Austin Graffius. Bat, uh, he's a junior, batted 357 with 25 hits, eight RBIs, and three doubles. And another junior they have is uh, Abram Garcia. He, uh, you know, had a lower batting average, batted 290, but uh, had uh, 18 hits and 13 RBIs with five doubles in the 22 games that they played this year. So, you know, that's three solid juniors you got coming back. Uh, who, who else uh, stood out that is either going to be leaving us or uh, going to uh, be returning next year that stood out to you? Um, speaking of pieces that they'll miss, uh, a lot of them will come from the pitching department. Uh, Jacob Marshall, Petey De Silva, Marcus Baca, a lot of them will be, you know, essentially out this year. And um, I feel like that team will have a lot of, you know, spaces to fill, but they, they have a lot of, you know, players, especially like freshmen like El Tornagant, uh, you know, a.k.a. Fatty, who's uh, doing pretty well and will actually be a leader on this team, I see, you know, for years to come. Looking at their pitchers, like Marcus, he had their highest win total with four sharing that with Jacob Marshall. Um, Cole Carmichael had three wins, and Austin Graffius had one himself, but suffering three losses. Not bad for that team. They they did really well when they needed to. Um, just a little bit short in the playing game for the playoffs, but it was against a really tough Catalina Foothills team in an environment that they struggled in before. I feel like next year will be better for them and that they'll have no problems bouncing back. And that game against Vista, whenever they play, I think it'll be way more than just a drama game. It'll be, you know, a good measuring stick to see which school is better. Man, Casa Grande, they got a lot to look forward to next year. Uh, They're going to definitely be a a top team uh, in our Power Six. And I think that they're going to be able to fill those pieces that they need, uh, especially in the pitching area. And so... um, you know, look out for them. I, I know that uh, they're going to be hungry, especially uh, having to lose to a region uh, opponent. And, and I can't wait to see uh, what, what type of fight they put up next year. All right, let's roll into the other Casa Grande school, the Vista Grande Spartans. They ended their season 15 and 11, and that is including all their tournament games. But finishing their section play 8 and 2. They unfortunately didn't win their region championship. That region title ultimately went to the Post and Butte Broncos. Shout out to them for uh, their strong performance this baseball season. Um, but moving back to the Spartans, they played Friday against Cortez and phenomenally blew them out 24 to 0. After that, playing against Combs, winning 18 to 10, and then playing another game on the 19th against Cortez, beating them 16-0. to um, After that game, I ended up meeting up with uh, Emilio to uh, award him his uh, shirt for the varsity breakout pitcher. He, he had said that, you know, it, it wasn't pretty, you know, that they had heard what we had said the last episode that, that so that they tried to play that game of class. You know, they were actually trying to strike out after a while, you know, on purpose because they just wanted to wrap up the game. They didn't feel it was necessary for them to pile it on to um, – the Dons, because, you know, at the time he knew that they were, you know, not necessarily a lesser team, but a team that was struggling. So they they didn't want to just put it on them like, you know, we've seen other teams do in the past. And they took it fairly easy on them just to, you know, get the game going. And um, and hearing that was, you know, very refreshing, especially when he said, 
you know, we had heard what you guys said about, you know, running up the score. So we're kind of, you know, going to, you know, we took that upon ourselves to just, you know, swing at wild pitches and, and, you know, just get out. And to do the same when we were um, on defense was just to get them out and just to get the game done. Um, and so that was great. And I want to give Emilio a shout out because I look forward to seeing what he does in a, in a purple uniform playing for the Lopes soon. Um, but he has to, you know, get over just one more hump. And that hump is something simple. All you got to do is just move the tassel from left to right or right to left. I don't, I'm not sure which one it is, but I, I know that they'll tell you when you get there. I'll tell you in a, in a few months when I graduate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's a, it's a team that we definitely had high hopes for. Um, they were solid, especially in, in region play, uh, you know, uh, going eight and two. But they did what uh, we thought they were going to do, make the playoffs, no problem. Uh, they were the number 10 seed and uh, went up against number 23, Mingus. And for the first five innings, it seemed like they had it in the back. Unfortunately, um, they went with the pitcher swap uh, after the fifth and ended up losing to Mingus 10 to 9. So it, I know it definitely has to be tough, you know, um, especially being up five runs with a couple innings to go. But, you know, that's why they play seven, not five, you know. So uh, it's just uh, a team that just couldn't uh, f- finish at the end of the day. And I know it got to hurt because they had so much uh, higher expectations for themselves. You know, all the uh, players that we talked to, the coaches, and, you know, they weren't going to settle for a uh, play-in uh, loss uh, that was just going to set them up, you know, for, for the next round. But that's why you play the game, and unfortunately they were on the losing end of that. Yeah, and it, it like you said, it was tough because Mingus ended up putting a seven-run sixth inning, and that's what ultimately sealed uh, the Spartans' fate. They were unable to put up any more than one run in the final inning, and if they would have at least put up two, that would have uh, tied the game, but... That's the way that their uh, season wrapped up, and it, it it it's it's not on a high note. Uh, if if I'm being honest, uh, and I'm not trying to be a downer here, but everybody's season kind of wrapped up in that way on a on a down note because nobody really made it to you know the championships in, as far as baseball. And uh, but that's nothing to hang your hats on. You guys have so much to look forward to. I mean. And a lot of you, some of you probably even glad that the season's over. It started to get hot. That was one thing I noticed, too, when I was at the college <laughs> game. A lot of them were like, man, it's hot. And I was like, man, you guys. Then 4, uh, 4 p.m. games, man, they ain't no joke, man. Man. Especially especially in the in that uh, summer heat. Or, I mean, that spring heat. Like, once it starts and you transition uh, with a little bit of storms, like, nah. Let's be real, bro. Arizona don't work with spring. We just go straight <laughs> into summer. But. Pretty much. You're right. You're right. Uh, but, you know, there there's a couple of players that we got to, you know, highlight. Uh, one of them you've already spoken of, uh, our player of the month, Emilio Barreras, batted 483 with 42 hits, 23 RBIs, 11 doubles, two triples, and five home runs. So that – Man is a hidden machine. No wonder he's uh heading over to uh, GCU, uh, and uh, they are lucky to have that kid. And I can't wait to uh, continue to follow his career at the collegiate level. Uh, next up, uh, senior Na- uh, Nathan Acevedo batted four thirty five with thirty seven hits, twenty six RBIs, eleven doubles, and one home run. And lastly, the they got uh, somebody that they can look forward to in sophomore Sebastian Hidrago. He batted 446 with 25 hits, 18 RBIs, 
and four doubles. And, you know, they still got another two years to see him develop. So uh, th- those are three uh, players that uh, stood out to me. One of them that's going to be returning. And they're only losing uh, six seniors. And uh, three three of them are going to be uh, tough to replace. But, but Vista always seems to develop great talent. And I know they're going to have no problems uh, for the kids that are going to come up from junior league and uh, be ready to take on that role at the uh, varsity level. So a hundred percent like Amelia Barreras and uh, Sebastian and Nathan, all uh, really good pitchers as well. They're apparently their top three pitchers with Emilio being uh, their ace at the end of the year. Now that being totally clear that he had five wins and two losses, but Sebastian and Nathan had uh, flawless winning records and their win percentage is 100% because Sebastian has four wins and Nathan has two respectively. But Nathan also had the better ERA of the three with 105, Sebastian in second with 202, and Emilio with 284. But none of these kids had over three earned runs. We have one player on their team with 47 of an ERA, and I don't know if that's completely correct, but... It's just, it's a lot of math, man. I, I tried to figure out ERAs uh, one time. I was like, uh. but um, yeah, no, they, they had a, you know, a great year. Yeah. We, we can't deny that finishing five games above 500, you know, and uh, coach Grigg and his staff, they, they definitely do some special things out there. And, you know, the uh, whole city of Casa Grande, I always talk about it. Like it starts in the youth and um, you know, they had 400 kids sign up for little league. Uh, no matter what age group uh, they were in, 400 kids came out to participate in baseball. And that's why every year you're going to see uh, the Cass Grand Cougars and the Vista Grande uh, Spartans in the playoffs uh, when it comes to baseball. Because the uh, amount of time that from a young age that uh, these parents and these coaches put in uh, to their um, athlete and their child is like, you see uh, the success uh, finally paying off. And I just can't wait to see what uh, Vista uh, comes to bring next year. They definitely have uh, some great players that are going to be coming back. Yeah. Um, again, just wrapping up all on our coverage of baseball, we want to wish all our six teams, you know, the best moving forward. They made us all proud. I'm pretty sure that uh, they have a lot that they would, you know, re- they have a lot that they reflect on this year that they want to either sharpen or, or forget about. But the best thing to do is just keep doing you and go, you know, go with the flow. All right, let's now going with the flow. Let's move into softball. Our first team that we want to speak on is the Sequoia Pathway Lady Pumas. The Lady Pumas had a winless season this year going 0-10 and 0-6 in section play. And they... Uh, we we won't even list their last uh, you know couple of losses. We'll just go straight into the players that actually stood out to us. Um, one in particular that stood out from the very beginning was Maggie Cook. Um, her batting average was 500, and just below her was uh, Shania McFraser. She had a 182 average, and Jordan Jeremio, who had a batting average of 158. Um, they they did the best that they could with uh, you know the amount of you know uh the amount of time that they had to prepare for this season um they definitely have a lot to look forward to but what do you think this team is needing looking back at it uh after going through their roster i noticed besides the seniors on the team every uh returning player next year is a sophomore refreshment 
one or the other. So it's not a very experienced team, even coming into next year, you know, when uh, the uh, those sophomores become juniors. But them going 0-10 and, and, you know, taking the butt whoopings that they did is going to make them hungry for next year. Uh, you know, these juniors uh, or these uh, soon-to-be juniors know what it's like to lose. They're going to come out. They're going to be uh, more experienced, and then, you know, uh, they're going to be getting other uh, freshmen and sophomores that can uh, help uh, level this team out. I think the only thing they're they're lacking is experience. You know, if I, uh, you know, they, of course I could say, you know, okay, uh, lower uh, your run total, you know, uh, get better in this area. But it's a team that needs to get better in all phases of the game. You can see that. But, you know, I think it's just uh, – I just think it's just uh, the inexperience. You know, when you have a team that's stacked with juniors and seniors, no matter what level you're playing at, uh, having a majority of your team be uh, freshman and sophomore, you're, you're going to uh, suffer these bumps, you know, along the way. But as these girls uh, get more experience and, uh, you know, get uh, learn uh, more about uh, themselves as a team, you're, you're going to uh, start seeing the wins uh, uh, take shape and uh and I, I think that's uh, the, really it, really. It's just more experience, and you're, you're going to see that in the coming years. They're going to be, I'd say in the next two to three years, they're going to be a, a playoff team because of how young they are. And by the time that they're uh, juniors and seniors, uh, you're going to see a pretty uh, stacked team. All right. Well, speaking of a team with wins, let's talk about the Casa Grande Lady Cougars. Um, they wrap up their season two and three, or excuse me, two and four um, beating both flowing wells at home. And then Nogales in a really close one, 13 to 12 on the road, but ultimately losing to Ironwood Ridge, Marana, Choya and Mountain View Marana in their last game. Um, they finished the season five and 16. It was subpar as far as trying to be over 500, but they had a couple of players that stood out. Sierra Mendez batted three thirty three. Ashlyn Gutierrez also batted 333 and Savannah Halbert had a 250 batting average. Yeah, um it's it's tough to really uh dissect uh Casa Grande's uh softball team. We didn't uh get to go uh out there much or, you know, hasn't been really much interaction as far as social media or any um anything on Max Preps because the stats you just read is uh for four games or less and they had 21 games this year. So it's hard to kind of see, you know, who really stood out and, you know, uh, and was consistent most of the year because of uh, the stats that were inputted. But, you know, I think it's a team that is going to improve. I really want to be able to go out there and kind of scout them, see what what they're going to look like uh, coming into next year. But I I don't doubt, you know, it's not the season that they wanted, of course, but it's – a lot to improve on and uh you know and uh they they play in a you know tough uh region so it's uh and so i hope uh that you know they turn things around next year speaking of taking a turn let's turn our focus to the florence lady gophers another team with only six wins they drop 21 games on the season including all their tournament games um but have an overall section record of two and six in the three A South Central. They wrap their season up with two losses to Globe, a loss to Miami, a win over Coolidge twelve to eleven, and 
they ended up losing to Thatcher their last two games. First one, 23-3, and the last one, 8-18. to Some of their standouts from uh, the batter's box would be Kaylee Murphy, who had an average of 409, McKenna Ryder, who had an average of 370, and our girl Lainey Wallace, who had an average of 327 to wrap up this year. It was definitely uh, a lot more lows uh, for Florence, but that those girls are a feisty bunch. You know, they're not going to... They're not going to quit so easily. Uh, I mean, they play in a very tough region with uh, ALA Ironwood, uh, Thatcher, and Globa, just to name a few. I mean, all those teams um, they struggled with. Uh, but, you know, they, they took care of business against teams that they uh, needed to. They swept Coolidge. Uh, you know, uh, they, unfortunately, we didn't get to see what uh, Santan Foothills uh, had. A, uh, their, uh, they didn't have a softball season this year. But, uh, um but you know Florence, uh, they're they're definitely gonna um, go out and uh, improve from next year. You know we we know uh, that we know that the Florence model is all about winning. You know they try to uh, they're always a, a team that's very competitive in uh, every single sport that they play. So uh, the, you know just go back to the drawing board. Uh, they, they got some pretty good uh, returning players. Uh, some of them you named already, and you know who who do you think is gonna break out next year? Next year, I can definitely see this team being led by Laney Wallace, of course. And a sophomore this year, Kasia Neal, who's going to be a junior next year, I see her definitely playing a pivotal role in this team as far as helping this team uh, get along further as far as you know their communication and getting to know each other better. Um, they they have a uh, you know a pretty young team. There there isn't a, a whole lot of seniors that they will be losing this year. Um, as far as I can see, I feel like there's only like two. Uh, yeah, two total. Um, but the big senior that they're going to be losing is uh Caden Clough. Um, but other than that, I mean everybody else who's returning is uh deep into their roster. So you know they're gonna uh they only got one player to really replace that's not coming back next year and well too there's kylie manchester as well she's also the second senior that they'll be missing okay yeah i see it um yeah so two two players to replace and you know um we'll we'll see uh what florence have being that young they're gonna definitely improve uh from this year i will i'm gonna say that they're gonna finish in the top three in their uh 3a region that and yes that's a challenge to them because like I said, I know they they listen. They're very good at it. You know, you always talk about uh, we always talk about uh, Laney, and it's uh, it's a team that you know they love a challenge, especially when we throw them out there. So that that's the goal for next year, finishing the top three. And you know, the these ladies are going to go uh, into the off season, work on their craft, and come back a, a strong team. All right, staying in the three A South Central region, let's talk about the team who went one and seven in softball, the two and nineteen Coolidge Lady Bears. They ended up wrapping up their season on a high note, taking out the Globe Tigers on a 10-run rule, 22-12. to 12. It was a really good game. I was able to be there and watch how you know their interactions were. Again, the only thing that uh, was a constant reminder or constantly being said during that game is it's hot. Because a lot of, the, uh, I, especially from the, <laughs> the Globe girls, because they were all in all black. So that heat was definitely playing a factor in that game. Mm-hmm. But it was back and forth. At, at one point, I do remember... Coach Ricky telling a player, hey, pay attention to this game. He's like, we're in this game because, you know, that game was just so loud. And, and the, the way that the fields are in close proximity of each other, you can't ignore 
when one team is doing good over there because it, you know that volume just you know you can't turn it down mm-hmm. and um you know they they did a great job they they did well in the batter's box they were really selective in in you know taking pitches and then also defensively they did a really good job although they didn't give up 12 runs that was uh, well in part of Globes, you know, batting themselves because after, you know, I think after about the third inning, that's when they kind of like went down a little bit and uh, kind of like laid off. But it was it was pretty steady throughout. And uh, and they uh, also uh, lost a close one uh, to Florence too. Uh, the the game before that, uh, they lost uh, twelve to eleven. Mm-hmm. So you know those last two games, they you know putting up the runs and uh, they kept things interesting. But what do we always say? If they keep it close, they have a chance. You know, uh, they didn't give up a lot of, uh, you know, even though the uh, Globe game was um, a high-scoring game, it's like uh, they they were still uh, putting up the runs when they needed to. So uh, definitely a lot to look forward to. Um, they're only losing three seniors, uh, I believe, for next year. So uh, got a lot re- returning. And it's crazy uh, how young uh, the softball teams are uh, in our Power Six. They all seem to, uh, like, in the next coming years that they should be uh, contenders. So that's something uh, that I'm looking forward to. Um, so some of the standouts uh, for uh, Coolidge is um, uh, Brina Madrid. Uh, she batted a uh, 348 on the season with uh, 16 hits, four RBIs, three doubles and two triples. And I believe, I don't know if it's noted. I, I think she might've gotten a inside the park home run as well. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I think uh, I, I remember hearing about that one. Senior uh, Karen Garcia batted 346 with uh, 18 hits, 10 RBIs, five doubles, and one home run. And then you had uh, De- uh, freshman Destiny Joaquin bat 410 with 16 hits, six RBIs, five doubles, and two triples. And uh, those 16 hits were uh, tied for second on the team with uh, Brina and uh, Kayla. So. You know, uh, definitely some uh, things to look forward to for next year. And I know there's a few other players on there that uh, also are were balling out. Uh, I think it's a team that uh, we always talk about is um, just needs to stop giving up the runs early. I think that's where their main focus should be for next year. We see that they can put up runs uh, every now and again, but get a little bit more consistent on that. What are your takes on what you look forward to for next year for them? For next year, um, one thing that will be a glaring difference is that there will be no Karen, no Drew, and no Morgan. And Morgan played a big part in that team because she did a lot of the the work pitching wise this year. Yep. Um. So it it would be up to Brina to and, and of course you know Coach Dan to to find who is going to be the next pitcher. And I and I and I say Brina because Brina is basically that team's leader. I I feel like that. Because uh, just the way that that team meshes well, it, you know, I can see that Brina being the heart and soul of that team next year. It would be great if Coolidge could um, could find a, a better way of pitching because the way that they look right now is that, you know, the, their pitching is very slim. And um, once they get a good uh, uh, a good focus on their pitching, they will excel tremendously. I, I have zero doubts about that. And like you said, they have the ability to put up runs. What they need to do is focus on their work defensively. That was also another thing that was kind of, like I said, uh, lacking in the first couple of innings. And also, I think towards the end, they kind of uh, uh, got away from them a little bit as, you know, Globe started to come back. 
because I, I think Globe had a really good late inning as well, and that's what caused the drama between them. But ultimately, I, I think that they're in good shape for next year. It wasn't the year that anybody expected. Everybody around this area kind of uh, looked to them to be a winning team because that's what they've always been in the past. But this year was something a little different. They had a little bit of a setback, but it was nothing to be worried about as far as speaking to the coaches because I got to you know speak to Coach Dan, and he was like, yeah, you know, it wasn't the year that we wanted. You know, you never want to lose. He's like, but we want to get better. He's like, there's nobody on this team that I look at, and I'm like, well, you know, that's you know the bad person on the team. That's what's bringing this down. He's like, because everybody on this team is you know is positive. He's like, and that's all I want is to have positive players. I don't want it to ever have a problem on my team. And I'm, and and hearing that, you know, it was it was big because you know you can see it. And that and from being able to to take the pictures on the outside, being on the field, and talk to them in between their you know their breaks, you know, you get to see exactly where that team is. And they were in. There is nothing but positivity in that dugout. Most definitely, and uh, you know, it's it's not the two wins is not the what you want, especially uh, you know what the way that uh, Coolidge uh, holds himself and the high standards that the community expects of uh, these student athletes. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I know that those returning players are you know going to go and uh, try their best uh, to uh, see what they need to improve in individually, and you know, come together as a team. And uh, put some more wins together. You know, it's a it's a definitely a, a young team that only uh, can uh, go up from here. So you know, they uh, this should be the lowest that they expect themselves to go and come into next year. Uh, you know, you know those leaders on those on that team uh, ho- hold your uh, teammates accountable, and you know, uh, go out and uh, get more than two wins next year because I I think they're definitely a ten plus win team easily. You know, especially if they uh, if they get the pitching uh, under control and uh, their uh, defensive errors, I, I think that could be a 10 win team next year. I think that's a little over ambitious. I, 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 I kind of like setting the bar a little bit low. So that way, whenever they do a little bit better, you know, it, it, it's that good. I see them being an eight win team. So that way, if they do get double digits wins next season, that, you know, they look like they're on God mode. So I want to set the bar just a little bit below yours at eight wins and see if, and maybe they might meet us in the middle and get somewhere, you know, nine, nine wins. Yep. But either way, definitely a big improvement than what had happened this year. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, let's just keep things rolling on. Uh, who's the next team we got going? Next team are the Vista Grande Lady Spartans. They finished their season 16, 12 and one and in their section go eight and two. They ultimately made the playoffs themselves and didn't quite perform as well as they thought they would, dropping a game four to one to Prescott. Yeah, uh, they ended up, uh, you know, losing uh, just the same way that uh, the uh, boys baseball team did, uh, losing those two games to uh, Post and Butte, um, ultimately cost them the conference championship. But I mean, these are these are some ladies that can ball. They, you know, they have nothing to hang their heads about. You know, they went to a, a, a few tournaments, uh, learned a lot about themselves. It seemed like, you know, as they continually continuously improved after uh, their uh, California tournament. And so uh, they definitely have some great players on that team uh, that definitely won't go unnoticed. Uh, but it's just another team that, you know, just uh, couldn't 
put the runs together and, you know, uh, just kind of fell behind. But I know that they're going to bounce back next year. They're going to learn a lot from this. And it's it's just tough. You know, you you, you don't want to see, uh, you know, our Power 6 teams go out so early. You know, uh, we, we definitely uh, wanted to uh, be able to go check out a game this week as our schedules kind of cleared up. Uh, so it just um, it's just unfortunate, um, you know, he, uh, keep your heads held high. And um, there's uh, some players that we wanted to uh, give shout outs to. So, yeah, as far as their top three players, as far as batting average goes, let's talk about Elena Casillas. She batted 623 and right behind her was the Pacific softball product Selena Perez, who was batting 606. Right behind Selena was infielder Chucky Jones, who had an average of four to four one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple other things to, uh, stand out with, uh, Selena, uh, 47 RBIs on the season with 43 hits and 12 home runs. That's why, uh, the Pacific Tigers are going to love to have, uh, her on their team. She, she has definitely left her mark her senior season. And like I said, uh, one of the reasons why Vista was able to do, uh, what they did, uh, another senior uh, that I want to uh, talk about is Ashlyn De La Cruz. Finished the uh, her senior year uh, with a three ninety three batting average, thirty three hits, twenty four RBIs, six doubles, three triples, and one home run. So you know, the, definitely uh, had some players that they're going to lose that are it's going to be tough to replace. Uh, you know, but uh, like like we always say about the city of Casa Grande. Just like their baseball uh, community, their softball community is just as strong. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, from traveling teams to, you know, Cal Ripken leagues and uh, stuff uh, like that. They're, these kids are always playing some type of baseball or softball. And Vista will have no uh, problem uh, filling in their uh, holes uh, for next year because, like I said, uh I don't know what the kind of water they drink out there in Casa Grande, but they develop great uh, college uh, baseball players and softball players. Definitely. Like, like speaking of, you know, staying on the topic of Vista Grande, the prospect we had, you know, mentioned heavily prior, Selena Perez. I'm going to start calling her La Machina because she is a machine, bro. Like she, she is exactly that. Like when she puts on that Pacific uniform, I hope that, like you said, they, they know what they're, they're in store for. That she, I hope that she balls out and she she helps elevate that team to places that we know that they, that she can take them. But overall, let's move into our final softball team, and that being the Santa Cruz Lady Dust Devils. Right now, their season is currently twenty and four. They are undefeated in section play, five and zero oh in the two A South. They recently wrapped up their last game, a home game, as they put the beating on Phoenix Christian 17 to zero something that we looked forward to um, I was able to drop off uh, Raylan and Tatiana's shirts to their practice a little bit before their practice and was able to stay and grab some photos of them while they were practicing and actually got to speak with them and tell them you know how you know proud of them we were and how we look forward to seeing them hoist that state trophy above their heads because it's been a, a long and fun run for them. And we know we don't see any other way uh, other than that capping their season. They have some very tough competition and they are well aware of that. But if they continue to keep this momentum going as, you know, they beat Phoenix Christian just like that 
And Phoenix Christian was no slouch themselves. They finished their season, you know, over 500, 11 and uh, 10. But ultimately, Santa Cruz knew that they were the better team. And and talking to these girls and being at their practice, they strive for nothing less than perfection. When there is is an error, they don't get down on themselves. They don't get down on each other. What they do is just continue to move forward. And then they when they collectively continue their goal or, or complete their goal, that's when they get hype about it. And they can then they can continue and move on to their next exercise. And that's one thing that I noticed while being at the practice was really good. And I got to give a huge shout out to Coach Andrea uh, James for just her work ethic and and her time given to this program because that is an excellent team. And being able to watch them excel makes me very happy. Yeah, most definitely. They are a great team to watch. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, – we finally uh, got to see them in a little bit of adversity uh, since going on that 13-game win streak, and that was against uh, Sam and Well. Uh, they end up losing the game 2-1 to one off of a walk-off home run in the seventh inning. But when I look back at it, um, their four losses are by four runs or less. They're in every single game that they play. If they're not dominating it, then they're, you know, they're four runs or less away from taking the lead or tying up the game. And it's just like uh, seeing them play, uh, you know, Samuel's, it, they're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, they, you know, they're 16 and five on the year and it was a good test. And I, that's what I wanted to see. We, we talked to a lot of people in the, uh, their community, uh, you know, we get messages and stuff. And one of the things that uh, they were uh, talking about was they didn't want uh, Santa Cruz just because they're so dominant and they were, you know, 10 run ruling a lot of these teams is to uh, get comfortable uh, at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen that even. And I think that that loss fired them up even a little bit more. You know, it was it was a tough one. They they were on a 13 game win streak and bounce back against uh, Arizona Lutheran and, you know, 10 run rule them and then go out and uh, beat Phoenix Christian 17 to zero. That's what I wanted to see. Uh, at the end of the season, I didn't want them to lose, of course, but I wanted to see them in uh, some type of situation they've never been in before since uh, dropping their uh, three losses early in the season. I know that they're going to be ready and prepared uh, no no matter what uh, seating that they get. Um, you know, they haven't released the uh, top eight yet. Uh, that'll be uh, after the uh, playing games. As I, I was talking to uh, some of the uh, coaches on how uh, rankings work, uh, usually they say the top eight is just your top eight teams m- most most of the time. So Santa Cruz currently uh, ranks fourth. I expect them to be there, um, hopefully a little bit higher if they can. But one of the things I hope that they do uh, get to uh, in this playoff is get a rematch against Benson. I know that's one of the teams that they always talk about that they want to uh, have another second chance at. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they played them very early on in the season, lost to them 13-9. Uh, to nine. It's something that they're going to be uh, yearning for uh, come this playoffs. And, you know, as, as we find out more information on who they're going to be playing, uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, put that out on our social media pages. But, you know, let, let's go into uh, some of those players, man. They've had great seasons. It, it's one through nine on their roster, you know, and more. Because uh, they got a lot of standouts on that team. Yeah, you're not lying. Like Aliyah Bohorquez, another one of those standouts, batting 540 on the season so far. Izzy Davis. Izzy, I, one, I got to apologize to Izzy because one time she had tagged us in her story and I accidentally ended up video calling her because, you know, like you get the notifications and I'm like, oh, okay. And I put my phone in my pocket without even noticing it and I, 
<laughs> and I'm like, what is that? And I pull out my, my phone and then I, I swear, if anything, she was looking, she saw it come out in my face and that, oh shit. <laughs> and then I just, I ended up, you know, stopping the call and I apologized immediately because I was like, man, if I know that I'm at work, I know that you're definitely in school and I apologize for doing that. But off the subject, Izzy is batting 523 and just below her, the freshman phenom, Tatiana Reyes is batting 507. But it, it doesn't really stop there. Like they have multiple players batting in the 400s. Raylan being one of them, batting 472. This team has so much talent. And being able to be at their practice was just like, it was an honor because getting to see that team, how they work, and then, and how focused they are on, on not only winning, but on becoming more than what they are and that type of hunger is what i love to see especially when i'm at their games and and hearing them and watching them be so competitive and and not only just doing it for the gram because there's so many teams out there just doing it for the gram but they're not just doing it out there for that they're out there it's and it's not even bragging they're just out there just showcasing their skills and you love to see it most definitely you know uh we could go up and down like a couple other players uh uh, Ely uh, Velasco batting 403 on the year, 29 hits, 29 RBIs, seven doubles, four triples, and two home runs. I mean, they, they have they have six players or more that have hit a home run on the year, multiple home runs. And so, you know, it's we can go on and on about this team and how, uh, you know, dominant they are. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They're hungry. Their coaches, uh, you know, got everything, you know, they just got to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. And that and that's uh, it at the end of the day. This team is so good that uh, and so well coached and they're so disciplined that all they got to do is go play the game. Make sure that they, uh, you know, put up enough runs and make enough stops. Because uh, other than that, I don't see any distractions or anything on this team that it's like, you know what, that when they're locked in, they're locked in. And all they're thinking about is softball. Mm-hmm. And and there, I gotta give so much credit to the Santa Cruz uh, team because they do a tremendous job of making sure that program is an elite program. Not only in a sense of you know the record wise, but how their players dress and practice, how they eat for practice, and how they prepare for games. All that stuff is so crucial in how these teams or how these players play, and it's totally apparent. Um, we wish them all the best in the in the future uh, upcoming rounds in the playoffs. Once we find out exactly where they're going and who they're playing in in those seeding games, uh, or after the seeding is released, we will definitely be paying them a visit and watching a game. But that pretty much wraps up our coverage for softball and baseball. Um, we are doing a couple of extra things, uh, working on the senior video for the Casa Grande Cougars. Um, also working on a commitment video for Meech and a couple of other things that we're working on. Um, but one thing that we, uh, didn't want to, uh, leave unnoticed, I was able to, uh, film, I was able to film a little bit of the, uh, CG prom for their senior video. And, uh, it wasn't long afterwards that the city suffered a tragedy. And they ended up losing two young lives, one being from the city of uh, CG and the other from Eloy. But um, we just want to wish those families a little bit of closure because at the moment, as this is recorded, 
the suspect has been apprehended in Texas. So that is definitely a good sign. Um, we know that nothing we say or anybody else says will, you know, help. But uh, we just, I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we do this for our community. And, you know, it sucks that things like this happen, you know, especially uh, in a age group that we cover as far as uh, sports go. But, uh, you know, all we can do as a community right now is pray for the these families. And, you know, that they, like you said, can find some type of closure and, you know, be able to rest easier knowing that the guy had been, has been apprehended. So one of the things I uh, did want to mention on a more positive note, uh, there's a new uh, quarterback Academy uh, being uh, run by uh, coach uh, Zachary Beckhelder, uh, AKA coach uh, Swerve uh, with Sequoia pathway. Uh, He's their quarterback coach. Uh, You know, he's uh, been playing the game since he was six. He uh, played uh, all four years of, uh, Football in high school, uh, went on to uh, uh, junior college uh, before he got hurt. And uh, for the past three years, he's uh, coached at the youth level. And uh, so, you know, he he definitely has a lot of uh, uh, experience uh, helping, uh, you know, one of the uh, players we mentioned during football season, uh, Will Weber, helping him, uh, uh, which uh, found out uh, Will didn't even play quarterback till that year. And so uh, he helped him uh, tie the uh, state record for most touchdowns in the season. So this guy definitely knows, uh, you know, a thing or two about uh, being the quarterback. So give him a follow uh, on his social media. It's uh, Gunslingers uh, with a capital Z uh, quarterback academy or QB academy. And then, uh, you know, if uh, you can hit him up on there, uh, DM him. Uh, If not, uh, you can uh, give him a text. Uh, His number is uh, 520-431-9129. That's uh, 520-431-9129. And, you know, just another positive thing going on in the community uh, that, you know, these kids uh, have access to. And so, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, it sounds like a really good program. And I can't wait to see uh, what he builds uh, with these quarterbacks uh, here in Pinal County. Yeah, you're completely right. Coach Swerve is a great dude. I feel like these kids will learn a tremendous amount being with them. Um, one other thing, like I mentioned before, we are working on the CG senior video. Um, one thing I want to do, if you're a listener and a senior, maybe not even a senior, but you do attend Union, um, if you have any videos or pictures that you would like added to the video, um, why don't you email them to us? Our email is thevarsitybreakdown21 at gmail.com. If you have any moments or uh, photos or anything like that you would want entered into the video, um, definitely send us that. And then in the subject line, put senior video so that we know exactly what it's for. Um, Other than that, I'm glad that we were able to end it on, on a good note. Well, other than that, I mean, nothing other really to say than take it easy. Appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next week.